You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and we extend a warm hello to all of you who are listening on WNDZ 750 AM here in Chicago, and those who are watching our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. There's no place like home. That's a wonderful phrase from the iconic movie, The Wizard of Oz, and it's also the feeling Catholic Charities Housing Services works to create every day for those living in our 23 affordable housing residences. These residences offer affordable, safe, independent living within caring communities. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been one of the largest advocates in our area of ending homelessness and serving the needs of low-income residents in Cook and Lake Counties. And our residents are a wonderful testament to our ongoing commitment to these goals. Antoine Smith is Associate Vice President for Catholic Charities Housing Services, and he joins us today to provide us with an update on all the things that are happening in our residences this fall. Welcome, Antoine. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, We got a little bit of an audio problem with you there, so uh, we'll see if we can work on that uh, but uh, I'm just wondering, in, in general, how many tenants in total living are currently living in our 20 affordable uh, residences? Well, currently we have a little over 1,600 residents, with 167 of them being uh, veterans. So the, we, we, we really have a, ni- a nice bag. I want to say our occupancy usually runs at that 95 90% throughout. So um, as they would say, business is good. And you often have waiting lists for a number of the buildings, too. Am I correct? Yes. Every building has its own unique waiting list. So depending on the property, the time of year, um, you really get a, 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 a mixture of how long the waiting list really is. And can you tell um, us a little bit about the application process, Antoine? Uh, how long are the leases and what are the requirements for applying and being accepted, you know, to become a resident in one of these 23 buildings? Well, um, we talk about leases. Um, kind of a hard thing to, to, to really define. But the way it works is you, you have a one-year lease. What, what, and what I mean by that is every year you need to recertify. And that just means you come in and you you go over your income, your income statements, your, your medical, and we dictate, again, HUD dictates that, how much your rent will be for that particular, for that particular year. But there is no, um, 
I, I have to leave after one year or anything like that. It's just you have to do your annual research. So we should state off the top that, that you know, we work in conjunction with the Housing and Urban Development uh, uh, Organization to make sure and facilitate, you know, this, this living condition for these residents. Am I right? Correct. 19 of our buildings are HUD 202 programs, and that's their senior housing program, which puts up the capital to construct and design, and they also pay 70% of the residents' um, income. Wonderful. Substance. Wonderful. And right. then we have one, one of the residences is uh, for assisted living, our Bishop Conway resident, right? May, may I, can you share a little yes. bit about the features of that building that assists those who need assisted living? Well, Bishop Conway is a, is a program, again, set up where um, 90% of the residents' income it's giving to the program. And with that being said, they they need for nothing. They're, they're provided meals, housing, um, laundry services, just whatever they need to maintain a, a, a respectful um, quality of life. And I've had the great pleasure of being in a number of these residences. They are the most positive, happy environments to be in. Could you share a little bit with us, uh, Antoine, about the features of the buildings that, that lend themselves to just these wonderful living communities of support one for one another and, and happy existence, really? It's just a beautiful uh, model that we've created. Can you share a little bit about those features? You know, our, our primary function is to really provide affordable, safe, and sanitary housing for those in need. And, you know, believe it or not, you, I, I get a lot of questions of, well, is it just for Catholics? And and, and the question is no. Um, this affordable housing that Catholic Charities provide is set up for any gender, any race, any religion, um, come one, come all. And then there's um, also a front desk security, right? And residence councils, libraries, on-site laundry facilities, uh, and then a wide range of community events. Am I correct? Yes, you know, you know, yes, most definitely. Outside of those that you've mentioned, um, we have each unit is 540 square feet, and that is just a requirement that that's set up through HUD when we design it and develop the units. Um, our St. Leo residence, which is our veteran housing, its unit size is 325 square feet. So that's for single occupancy, where the senior homes at 540 square feet are what we, we tend to call two heartbeats. So two individuals, but one bedroom. Um, each unit has its own kitchen, living area, bathroom, and bedroom, of course. It's just wonderful. It, truly, there's a, a tremendous effort to make sure that every resident feels valued and respected throughout the time that they live there. It's, it's really a beautiful uh, model, as I said earlier. Um, can you share, besides HUD, what, what are some of the other partners that we collaborate with um, in operating uh, these residences and in managing them? Well, outside of HUD, we work with the uh, city of Chicago. We work with the Veterans Administration the VA and the state of Illinois. Wonderful. So we all please, please go way. ahead. No. Oh, 
Okay, that's great. We're going to take a quick break here on The Voice of Charity. And when we return, we're going to continue to speak with Antoine Smith about Catholic Charities Affordable Housing. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. In recent weeks, many people have reached out to Catholic Charities to ask what we are doing to help our Afghan brothers and sisters. They also ask how they can join us in our work. Current estimates suggest that 50,000 refugees are headed to our shores in the coming weeks. Based on a decade of experience in refugee resettlement, we predict that it will cost $50,000 to resettle a family of four for six months. This includes housing, food, clothing, and other urgent needs as they establish new lives in Chicago. As Jesus tells us, whatsoever you do for the least of my people, that you do unto me. Please assist us as we welcome the first 10 families. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate to our special refugee resettlement appeal. Or call 312-948-6087. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and I have the great pleasure today to be with Antoine Smith, who is Associate Vice President of Catholic Charities Housing Services. Um, Antoine, before the break, we were talking about um, the qualifications to apply for residency in our 23 affordable housing residences. Um, can you share a little bit what happens if someone qualifies but we have no current availability? Or what happens if um, a single parent qualifies or someone who's not yet 62 years old? Because I know that's a requirement as well. Uh, what other housing options can we assist them with? Well, what, what happens in housing services we have multiple groups, right? As as we talked about, I'm the associate vice president of senior housing. There's also 
an associate vice president of um, supportive housing. And what happens is between senior housing and that group, we try to uh, work the gamut of really finding housing for anyone that's in need. So my specialty, if you want to say that, is the senior housing portion. Millicent Neatia Moore, she is the associate vice president of the, of the supportive housing portion, and she will work together. If someone calls me looking for housing, that's not 62 and over. Per our HUD requirements, we cannot take them, but then we will most definitely refer them to the other service area within housing services, and they will assist them in any way they can. And before we go any further, do we have any current openings in our residences? And, and, in which, and, and if we do, in which residences would those be? Well, again, I think that goes back to our waiting list. And one thing that, that is required of us by HUD is to maintain a running um, waiting list. And within that waiting list, depending on the property and depending on the um, location, the waiting lists change from building to building from um, location to location. And what were some of the ways that you adapted during the, the, mo the most restrictive months of the pandemic, Antoine? I am sure that that, uh, from a management standpoint, was quite a challenge. That was, um, I, I would say I was probably a wanted man at, at, at the properties because of, of, you know what, we wanted to be safe. And we wanted to make sure that um, we did not have outbreaks within the properties. So we pretty much shut all the common areas down, all the um, spaces where they could gather, of course. And, and um, we cut out a lot of the, um, the activities, unfortunately, that, that went on. And I constantly got calls from residents asking if they could, if we could open this back up. The beauty shop, for example, you know, each building has a beauty salon. So I got a lot of calls about opening the beauty salon back up. So, um, yeah, it, it was a tough time. And I, I think by being cautious, we, knock on wood, we really eliminated a lot of the, the outbreaks that were coming because the buildings were hit, you know, they were hit a little bit during COVID. And, you know, with the seniors being the most uh, vulnerable population at the time, you know, it was it was really hard to help them to see that we were really trying to protect them. I think of food distribution, too. Uh, how were you able to handle that? Were were food packets delivered to each resident's apartment? How did that work? You know what? We had a we had a lot of um, volunteers and donors just really step up and um, help us with um, these donations. Um, we had, I, I just think, for example, we had um, Father Flager over at St. Sabina. And uh, of course, our St. Sabina residence is on the St. Sabina campus. So um, he came and he donated meals and he um, donate, donated masks. And we had a lot of that throughout the whole senior community. So we had a lot of donors that really reached out and helped, reached out to the seniors to help. 
That's so wonderful, Antoine. And I know that um, you mentioned the activity directors before. Oh, my goodness. They are very, very hardworking, creative folks. And I understand some of their activities are, have been able to resume in the last couple months. Can you share with our audience what some of those are? Because it's a wonderful calendar of activities provided at these affordable housing residences. Can you share what some of those are? You know what? Some of them, they are, they're really building-specific because, you know, they, they really try to base it off the residents' needs and requests and wants for that particular building. But a lot of them, you know, there's the, the uh, weekly bingo, the exercise classes, the knitting and craft classes. You know, some of them even have um, Bible studies that, that's set up for them weekly. So um, there's just a lot of things that the uh, service coordinators really uh, work to advocate for the resident because that that is what they do and, and they do a great job at doing it with a lot of different events they have um, prior to COVID of course they had summer events that was was set up at some of the properties where they could uh, they would bring in clowns and just a lot of different little activities that they would bring to the to the properties which again because of COVID was really restricted so I think that is something they're really looking forward to. Because the residents' families are very involved in their life, aren't they? They, they come and go and, and join in in these activities, you know, very happily. Isn't that the case that this, you know, this is a very, very open community that you want the residents to be staying in touch with their neighbors and their friends and their family as much as possible? It really is. You know what? The senior community is really a senior community. Um, you, you know, one, one thing that happens, the staff, they really grow close to the residents and and their families and and unfortunately some of them some of the residents they don't have family members that's really that involved in their lives and you have others that the families are very involved in their lives so the ones that the family members are not really involved you know between the service coordination and property management they really um they really I would I don't want to say fall in love with the residents, but they have a really deep emotional feeling for the resident. That's so wonderful. Um, if you'll bear with us, we're going to take another quick break here on The Voice of Charity. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Antoine Smith about Catholic Charities Affordable Housing Residences. Please stay tuned. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. 
Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman and I'm here today with Antoine Smith, Associate Vice President for Catholic Charities Housing Services. And we're talking about the many ways Catholic Charity offers low-income residents in Cook and Lake County a wonderful life in our 23 affordable housing residences. Uh, Antoine, before the break, we were talking about the challenges of the pandemic. In, in a bigger scheme or bigger picture, what are the, the greatest challenges of managing these residential buildings? Wow. Um, you know what? One, one thing we always say and see how every day is a different day, but we've seen everything that can happen. <laughs> as strange as that might sound. Um, you know what? Dealing with seniors, um, you know what? Um, a lot of them think, unfortunately, when, when they move into our senior residence, and a lot of them say this, that this is the place they'll, they'll, they'll the last place they'll probably ever live. So um, just dealing with the residents and their uh, self-sufficiency decline is really huge. Um, you know, it, it's, it's easy to provide independent housing. Well, I won't say it's not easy, but it's, it's, it's you can, um, you can really um, provide the housing, but the services that goes along with the decline of the residents is something that HUD has not really touched base with yet because I, I think it's it's more of a okay this is independent living the next step is assisted living but there's something in the middle that I think that we're missing in housing um, that that needs to be addressed so I just think that just seeing the residents decline mentally is really one of the toughest thing things to handle at the buildings. And oftentimes with seniors, that can be very subtle and very slow, right? Those changes in development. Um, and so you probably sometimes, you know, uh, n not not need to know, you don't know, you know, when to step in and, and suggest assisted living for a resident. Or, you know, maybe they're just right. having a difficult time this particular month, right? Isn't it a, a challenging uh, thing to gauge? Yeah, but you know, um, through experience, you'll see that the decline it happens slowly, but as it progresses and it goes on, you really notice it more and more almost daily. Because again, the, the residents are there with the staff, you know, what, five, six days a week. And, and, they, and they know each resident by name. 
So to to have a residence um, go through that decline, um, it happens it happens fast once it starts to progress. And it's, uh, again, very tough and uh, a tough thing to see. But so uh, as we said before, how wonderful to have these safe, you know, independent living uh, apartments and, and in a caring community uh, that they feel that they can be themselves in, in whatever happens in their lives, the good times and the not so good times, right? Yes, no question about can, it. Can um, I ask what other uh, Catholic but, Charities program service areas you work with most? I'm, I'm assuming senior services is the most significant one. Yes, it most definitely senior services is the one that we really worked with uh, very, very closely because, uh, again, each one of the, the properties, they have a service coordinator and uh, or two service coordinators, just depending on the size of the property. So working with them over the last eight years has been, um, you know, I, it's really a mixed bag because one thing about service coordination is they're there to advocate for the resident. And sometimes, you know, the resident looks at property management as, oh, they're making me collect my, they're collecting my rent, they're making me keep my unit clean, they're making me do this and do that. And they really depend on that 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 service coordinator to, to kind of be the bridge between us and uh, the residents and vice versa. We depend on the service coordinator to be our um, bridge between the residents and us. So it, it works both ways. And oftentimes, do you bring uh, the other Catholic Charities representatives from the other Catholic Charity service areas to the uh, affordable residences? Or is there a transportation component to that as well? where you, you know, might uh, take the, the seniors from their building to a service site? Um, in the, well, you know what, the service coordinator, they really set those things up. So the question to that is yes, sometimes that, that does happen. Uh, but I would say a lot of the trips are, you know, to the grocery store and into things like that. But we do bring in, um, We'll, we'll bring in a podiatrist. We'll bring in just different little smaller medical groups that will come in and, and help the residents. So they don't really have to go out and, and, and go to the podiatrist because, you know, diabetes is huge. So it's kind of good to have those guys um, come in to assist the residents in, in, in smaller health needs. And before we run out of time, Antoine, can you please share with anyone in our audience, if anyone in our audience would like to learn more about Catholic Charities Housing Services, what's the best way for them to contact us? Well, you can contact us in a couple of ways. You know, the most definitely the, the easiest way is to um, call. And um, the number is 312-655-7975. And that's, um, you know, um, be reached by or contacted after the call by Diane McLaughlin, and she will um, sort of uh, guide you into what type of housing or where you should be placed and ask you different questions like that, or by email. And you can email her at um, Diane D. McLaughlin at CatholicCharities.net. So it's um, D M C L A U G H L I N, correct? D. McLaughlin Correct. at CatholicCharities.net. 
Great. Correct. Great. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job, Antoine, and, and uh, congratulations on all you accomplished during the pandemic. Uh, we're hoping for a very healthy and happy winter ahead for all the residents uh, in these buildings. And uh, uh, they're very fortunate to have you uh, looking over them as, in the great way that you do. Thank you. Thanks for being on with the show with us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And we invite everyone back week, uh, back again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Katie Breedeman, and on behalf of everyone at Catholic Charities, thank you for believing in our mission. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.